whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. This episode is brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, online platform where you can get access to all my teaching materials at once. Hundreds of technique drills, multiple choreographies, themed intensives, full-length courses, everything you can think about. Whether 20 minutes or few hours for practice, you will find a program that will fit not only your schedule, but your mood as well. First seven days are free, so check it out at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes. Hello, dear dancers, welcome back to the Ballet Dance Live podcast. Today we're going to continue our series Students' Voices, and I had the pleasure talking to Pratima Nagaraj, who is a member of the Yana Dance Club and is life and health coach. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, the first episode of this new mini-series Student Voices, I call it students not because of who someone is a teacher and someone is a student, but from the point of view that we are all on this journey of studying ballet dance and regardless of our profession or our dance level, we all remain always students. And in this series, we will have conversations with uh, different dance lovers. Some will be professional dancers and some will be just people who fall in love with ballet dance and who do it for different reasons. And one of the reasons is definitely using dance as a healing tool, using dance as a self-care tool. And this is exactly the central topic of our conversation with Pratima. We not only talked about how ballet dance specifically fits into this concept of healing and taking self-care, and it was very interesting to hear the perspective of health and life coach, but also how to make sure that you are keeping it as your priority. Because yes, we all talk that uh, oh, giving t- dedicating time to dance is equal to showing up for yourself, taking care of yourself, and showing up for something that makes you feel better, but we are not always showing up in busy lives with scheduled or sometimes not scheduled hours of work, plus home and family responsibilities, plus pressure from life and surrounding, especially in this different, frustrating and turbulent times with different issues and concerns that influence all of us in different ways. It's very difficult sometimes to actually carve the time to, to dance. And in our conversation with Pratima, we were talking about her experience of how she make sure that self-care is her priority. Although she also has a lot of things on her plate to deal with. She's also a best-selling author and certified in clinical hypnotherapy, energy healing and mindfulness. 
and I will definitely include links to her social media and website to the show notes to this episode. So if you are someone who is searching for more inspiration to take care of your health in general, I highly recommend checking her health and life coach Instagram page because she shares a lot of interesting and insightful tips on how to incorporate this healthy and holistic approach to our life on a day-to-day basis. So on this note, let's dive into the conversation and I hope it will inspire you to prioritize your health, both physical and mental, and take care of yourself. Hello, dear Pratimar. I'm so happy to uh, connect with you today and to chat about dance, about dance experience and dance life. So thank you for joining me today. Hi, Yana. And it's so, so, so exciting to be here with you live today. And thank you so much for this opportunity. And I'm really excited to get started with our conversation today. (laughs) But before we start chatting about dance, I actually would like to ask you, can you share a little bit about yourself, like in general, like where are you from? What are you doing for living? Is it related to dance or something completely different? Like uh, what's in general happening in your life? (laughs) Okay, so um, I am originally from India, from South India and I am currently based in Singapore. My husband and I have been here for the past decade and um, I've lived all over Asia and Middle East. And uh, I don't do dancing as it's not part of my living. I have another profession. Um, So I am basically a coach. Um, I'm a health coach and a life coach. I've been into uh, Uh, coaching people with nutrition, health, mindset, and everything related to um, health and wellness, basically. And I mostly uh, work from home. And um, I've also um, written two books on uh, self-help and uh, the same topics. I'm an author of two books. What's the name of Uh, books? (laughs) The first one is called Vulnerability as the Road to Change. It's all about how embracing vulnerability can help you grow as an individual and how it can actually transform your life, like being willing to be truly honest and authentic Mm. uh, with yourself and others. And the other one is actually uh, an entire journey. It's called Sound and Solitude. It's all about poetry and prose and how think you know how I've actually grown as an individual and everything about life experiences so it's a part of what I've learned in my work for the last 10 years (laughs) but I feel like although you're not doing dance for living but it's so related and it's part of like you know all this uh a health uh, topic and it's so related to, like I don't know it's the the themes and activities are very like side by side although maybe dance is not part of your profession but still it's like probably I'm very curious to ask you about like okay is there any intersections but before I ask that uh, how your dance journey started so how did you discover ballet dance and how did you got uh, involved in it so it's it goes down to what you were just saying how it all intersects with what I do and uh, it's um, so when I actually wrote the book all about vulnerability and I was looking for ways to actually 
uh, be that with myself. And that's been a part of the journey of writing the book and, and like how I discovered that, like how to actually be vulnerable with my body, with myself in all aspects of my life. And I used to have a lot of judgments about my body, like even while growing up, you know, during school days as a teenager, I really thought like I didn't look good. I was, I'm not too tall. So I've always had the judgment of, oh, I'm very petite, I'm short. And you know, all those kind of judgments that we all have with our bodies. And I've always been an insecure person, at least I used to. Um, and I was looking to change that. And um, at the age of 34, finally, when I discovered belly dance, I actually wanted to try it mainly because I wanted to do something that was meant to be specifically for women, because I was looking at exploring that femininity and connecting to that femininity and sensuality within me. And I thought belly dance would be a great way to explore it, because I'm not a dancer. I have two left feet and I just haven't had any dance training in my life. You take me to a club and ask me to dance, I will freeze. <laughs> I can't dance. At least I used to say that. But um, I wanted to explore that. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I always love pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And that's one of the reasons why I chose belly dancing. But when I actually chose it, I really didn't know how, didn't realize that it would give me so much more than what I had expected. And that's when my journey began. So that was about five years back. Well, first of all, I will not agree that you can dance. <laughs> you absolutely can. And I saw many proofs of that. So um, that's first of all. And secondly, very interesting how um we go to we discover ballet dance for many different reasons and uh one of the most common ones is to get more in touch with ourselves and um even to explore our vulnerability so in terms of exploring like vulnerability and how did you feel especially in the beginning if you dance during that did you take classes in person or you started right away like learning online like how was that part I started taking classes in person because this was in 2016 and uh at that time I never thought I never knew actually that you could take classes online mm -hmm. it was all about finding um a dance school and I started here in Singapore I enrolled in a dance school and that's where I began and I, when I moved to Hong Kong I was there for a couple of years and I continued learning in a dance school there so almost the initial part of my dancing journey was all in-person classes and that really helped me because I guess being with a group of like-minded women who are all there with you learning together it kind of adds to that spirit and that kept me going but of course due to work and travel and you know health and a lot of re uh, reasons I had taken a long break in between after I started and kind of then I had lost that um touch that interest to continue after about a year year and a half and for some reason covid and lockdown came as a blessing in disguise for me mm -hmm. and that's when all these uh, 
uh, teachers started teaching online and it just became so convenient to not just learn from one teacher here, but I had now access to so many people around. I started exploring online classes and that's when I would say it truly began. My trans journey truly began mm. then because instead of practicing, devoting just time once a week or twice a week, I actually started dancing every day mm. and that changed my life. Mm. So many interesting uh, points you, you brought up. So when you started, I'm curious, because when you started uh, taking classes in person, it was probably group classes or individual group classes. Group classes. Uh, so how did you feel about dancing? Not in front of other people, but with other people. Like, did you feel shy? Did you feel vulnerable? Since you mentioned that you were not very comfortable, like dancing in the parties or something like that. Like, how did it feel this aspect of like moving and trying things and probably in the beginning it was very like you know like awkward and not comfortable because we don't get movements right away so do you remember that experience like where like how did it feel and uh, did any like you know breakthroughs or, or switches clicked in your body and mind at some point it was actually difficult because i still remember the first school i joined uh, they really didn't uh, there was this lady teaching who really didn't have a separate batch for beginners or people who've been dancing for a while. Mm. So it was all just everyone together. And they would just, you know, give an introduction for five and minutes of basics and then just start out, start improvising everyone together. And then I would just be there looking at everyone else who's been there for a while, dancing very nicely, following, and I couldn't get anything. Mm. And I really thought, oh my God, this is not for me. I can't do anything. And it was, uh, it was difficult initially. And after uh, I realized probably that is not the school for me, I joined another school where it was just a purely beginner's batch. Um, it was, e it got easier because I knew that everyone else was in the same boat as me, but I would still stand at the back and I would not be in the front mm -hmm. and, you know, I would have my reservations to, um, dance in front of everybody in the room. So I didn't want anybody to see me. So I would be at the back of the class and slowly that changed because, uh, when I would then, um, get comments from my teacher that, oh, I'm actually getting the movements and I would actually come home and practice. And slowly my, uh, I still remember when uh, I started the dance, I couldn't get isolations. Like my chest wouldn't move, my hip wouldn't slide. And I was like, can my body even do this? And then a breakthrough came where I would watch in the mirror, practice every day, whether it would happen or not. And then there was a day where I actually saw my hips isolating and chest isolating. And I was like, yeah, this is such a cool thing. Like I can, I can actually do so many things with my body. And that's when like my confidence picked up and I didn't even realize it actually boosted my confidence. You know, mm -hmm. it just happened naturally. So I guess when you discover that your body can do such cool things, um, your self-esteem, your self-confidence really uh, increases so much and it starts showing in other areas of your life as well. Mm, so true. Like there are some movements that 
and there will be always one or two or 10 or 20 movements but different for each individual that it just takes longer to get it just because our bodies are different our experience is different preparations different uh brain and body connection is different so sometimes it just takes longer time so there is i don't think there is any body that is not capable of doing anything like maybe some nuances or some details or if someone had like serious injury okay but regular like let's say healthy body uh although it may be like you know stuck in a sitting positions so or for a lifetime or for like some jobs or something like that so it may feel awkward but it's always capable of doing whatever we want as long as we give enough time and practice. And it's cool that you mentioned that, oh, you were practicing in front of me every day. So you were dancing every day, uh, even before you got into like online space, basically, maybe not even realizing, but you were practicing. And because you gave enough practice and time, you start seeing progress. And yes, boosting confidence through belly dance, it's definitely a side effect. And one of the... Um, ways or tools is by seeing progress in our body like oh we are changing and it's very sometimes difficult to see it on like from one day to another because the progress is so tiny and so small that it's not visible but then on a longer scale that's why i really like sometimes going like to uh, old like videos or beginning of journeys and like oh no there is a lot of progress happening so that's uh, cool to hear (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I remember you telling me this, I think, in one of your Instagram Q&As, I had asked you this, and you told me that progress is always very micro and compare your videos to what it was six months back to actually see the visible progress. And that's when I started doing that. And it gave me confidence that, oh, yes, I'm actually progressing, even though I think that I'm not really growing. So it's such a tiny progress. And I wouldn't initially, I wouldn't even like set aside like half an hour or one hour like I do now for practice. It was just when I was cooking or when I was just in front of the mirror for 10 minutes, I would just take time out like that to practice. And even that amount of time helped me grow. Mm, So cool. So I'm curious now about your training today. You mentioned that you're putting like half an hour at least, like a size for practice. And as I understood, you're mostly training online these days or big part of your training is online. So can you maybe describe, let's say, one week of your dance life today? Like I know there are ups and downs in different periods of our life, but let's say like a regular nice week that you feel like you are on top of everything and you can dedicate time like to dance. How does it look typically like? Well, when I'm having a really good week, then I would have danced for at least 30 to 45 minutes um, about five days in a week. That's like my best case scenario and I would have done that and that would include maybe one or two regular classes that I take uh, from teachers my weekly lessons uh, including that and in addition to that my own self-practice and uh, because I I would have loved to like do more invest more time but because I uh, am very passionate about yoga and pilates and I do other forms of uh, fitness workouts, I also ensure I give my body enough time to rest. So um, my mornings is usually yoga or um, Pilates or strength training. And I dance in the afternoon or evening when I take a break from work. 
and I try to squeeze in about four to five days a week for dance. And the weeks that I'm really busy, then I would still ensure I dance twice a week. Mm -hmm. And it's only when I travel, sometimes I take a break for, say, two weeks when I really don't have the space or time. And I I see the difference uh, in my mood, you know, the way I feel when I don't dance uh, for like a week or two. I kind of lose that connection with myself. So I ensure that I'm dancing at least four to five days a week. And that's where... Um, Iana Dance Club helped me a lot because initially I used to struggle a lot like what do I dance you know when I'm doing my self-practice yes there are some assignments that teachers give nice to do that but uh, when I don't attend regular online classes then that's when I found you and it gave me a very nice planned schedule that I could follow and sometimes I just don't even have to like think. I just pick a drill and I start doing and I feel good and I continue the 20 minutes becomes 40 minutes and, you know, I feel happy at the end of it. Mm, yeah, I was just about to ask you uh, like for, because you mentioned that you're practicing on your own, but like, okay, how does this look like? Do you stand in front of mirror and just like decide on, on spot, like what you're doing or you do pre-structure, you using any like online tools uh, uh so as you mentioned, it's like often uh, you just uh, go with the assignments of the Young Dance Club or you still like take some time like, you know, to do something completely different that you just decide to do. So I basically have certain list of things that I want to work on. Like I know I want to work on, say, drum solo isolations. I'm very weak with that or certain techniques and certain type of movements and choreography. So I have a list of things that I want to improve. And I try to focus on certain aspects uh, every week. So every uh, week I take a different topic or aspect I want to focus on. And I do drills related to that. And um, I, if I have any assignments, I do that. And I also take a few individual like private coaching from different teachers. Um, and that helps me not, you know, sometimes if you're just practicing by yourself, maybe you're not seeing what is really required. So the individual coaching helps and the tips that you give to us during, you know, our intensives, I take that and then I keep working on that. So um, I choose a topic uh, to stay focused every week so that I'm not just blindly randomly doing yes of course I do that sometimes just to you know feel good uh, mm -hmm. that I'm dancing but I have a planned schedule that I want to work towards ah nice you have like a goal for the week and uh, and for scheduling like do you have sometimes struggle schedule because uh, you're kind of self-employed right so you're working yeah. with clients and probably your schedule is very uh, different sometimes from one week to another it's not like a stable and there is always as a self-employed I'm talking also for myself there is always like okay there is always work to do there is a huge to-do list always of like what tasks we need to complete or the more clients we take the the better is like for a job because that's directly influencing our income so and there is always that struggle between doing more work in a let's say free windows of time 
or dedicating time to yourself. In this case, one of the aspects is doing dance classes. So do you struggle with scheduling um, these dance classes? And how is it related to your weekly goals and plans that you just mentioned about specifically your dance practice? Um, sometimes, yes, I agree. It's a bit difficult. You know, work takes over and there are certain months when there are more clients. So I have lesser time for dance. And But during that time, my focus is still to not lose touch, to not lose that practice and the momentum so I still just like try to squeeze in maybe like I have uh 20-30 minutes between my client sessions and that's when I just pick any drill from mm. Yana Dance Club and I just do it or I just like try to improvise with some music I just put on um but when I want to schedule 30 to 40 minute sessions I have my uh weekends usually I don't work on weekends and that's something I learned um, I used to work seven days a week and I got burnt out for years doing that so it was a form of self-care that I learned to keep weekends just for myself for you know time with my husband and to do anything that I love so I know that if during the week I don't have time uh, for dance, I schedule longer time on the weekends to practice and to make up for that time. And I also have a kind of a plan in my day that uh, I do cooking during this part because I'm a very health freak. I want to eat home cooked food. So I dedicate time for cooking for my client sessions. And I know that maybe between 4 to 6 p.m. is my time for dance. So I try not to schedule sessions uh, my client work sessions then and I try to squeeze in time mm -hmm. so that's like a rough uh, schedule that I have and whatever fits into that that's where I squeeze dance in. Ah but it's also cool that you're at least trying to give priorities to your time like for cooking or for uh, like planning things or for dancing and trying to protect it as much as possible and then probably like week by week sometimes it happens that you need to prioritize some other things during the week but uh, you still like uh, you know it's not like okay let's plan everything else and then try to squeeze dance at least uh, there is some like okay I will try to protect this time for my dancing and if I really need then I probably push something else <laughs> instead of that exactly and I think that comes from your priorities and really seeing what's giving you the benefit, how much benefit you're getting out of something. For me, dance is not just a hobby or it's not just something I do because I enjoy it, but it, it helps me stay healthy. You know, it, it gives me that fitness level, that core strength. It gives me the endorphins and more than anything, it makes me really happy. Like I can see how happy I am after I dance for 30 to 45 minutes. And when on the days when I don't dance, I'm like, I'm either like upset or I easily get upset with things or I'm moody or it, I can see the difference in my mindset, in my mental state. So I want that. So for me, that is a form of uh, doing something for myself purely and why not prioritize something that makes you happy because that shows in my work then I'm able to give more of myself and more 
uh, attention and commitment to my clients when I'm doing my work, if I'm happier, mm-hmm. right? So I, you should fill your cup before you can help others. And because I'm in that profession, I always ensure that I am in a better mindset before I can do anything for others. So that's why I prioritize dance. And how did your approach to um, your feminine side and especially to your body uh, changed with dance? Because you said that that was your initial, like, you know, uh, one of the reasons why you chose ballet dance and decided to go to dance classes. Uh, you were struggling with, like, accepting your body and feeling like, oh, I'm, like, too petite, too, like, this, too, that. Like, how did it influence at this point? Um, I I won't be, I mean, I'll be honest that sometimes those thoughts still come up. Like, I see people having really nice, long uh, arabesques or postures, you know, in their dance, and I feel like, oh, I wish I was taller, I could do this better. But it doesn't affect me the way it used to before I I am kind of more okay with all the imperfections in my body and I guess that's what that's the beauty of belly dance it's meant for people of all sizes all types of bodies all types of fitness levels so for me that being okay with all the imperfections just became easy I really don't know how but I guess um, as you said Anybody who is healthy can do a movement and being able to do a lot of movements just took away those judgments and gave me more confidence in my body. And also, um, it just gives me the joy when I move the body and it gives me the confidence that, oh, my God, I can dance. Like I told you, I thought I'm, I, w- I wasn't a dancer. Mm-hmm. I had two left feet. And when I can actually do all these choreographies and dance, it's I am thrilled, you know, watching my own videos and, oh, my God, I can do this. So um, that confidence itself helped me in letting go of those judgments. And it really made me feel sensual, like, you know, especially all those flowy movements just brings in that sensuality, that energy within me. And um, I feel more like a woman, like a lady, uh, when I'm actually dancing. So I, I, which is one of the reasons why I'm more drawn to doing more taksim and uh, oriental kind of moves uh, than drum solo. Uh, but that's how it makes me feel. That gives me the sense of uh, sensuality. And I guess I'm just more comfortable with my body now. And that's about it i guess Mm -hmm. no that's definitely we all have our preferences and our interests and uh, one let's say aspect or style of ballet dance will speak more to us than another so that's great that you're discovering what really works and inspires and sparkles you the most and at the same time as you mentioned you're working on drum solo isolation so you're still trying to address like the weakest points to have like you know like uh, well-rounded like training and development of your body and brain so that's really cool so i want to ask to summarize our question or our conversation 
Do you have any current like goals or priorities or focuses in your dance training or maybe just goals or dreams that you're like uh, really inspired to go after and and uh, pursue? <laughs> well, uh it's definitely not to become a professional dancer. I uh you know that's um not my goal, but I do have this um I don't know it's like a uh, I don't know if it's even achievable but I do have this thing of desire to maybe enroll myself in some online competition and really take part in a competition someday if I reach that level where uh, you know these days there are so many online belly dance competitions and I would love to be part of that someday and not for winning, but just for the fact that, oh, okay, I I can actually now I'm at that level where I can take part and I want to try that. And uh, before that, I really want to work on my skills in, you know, in all aspects and really become better in the technicalities um, and improvisation those are all the things that I'm kind of like really weak at right now and needs more hard work. So I'm working on that to get better so that maybe I can enroll myself in a competition. Someday. But why do you think, uh, what stops you from enrolling? Why not? Why not right now? I don't know. I feel like I'm still, I don't have that uh, training required for that maybe that's my thought process but if your goal is not like about winning it's about participation itself i i don't know when i see like uh so you know participants videos uh, of other competitions like i feel like i'm still far behind in terms of uh, the skills so Maybe that comes from being a perfectionist all my life. I always try to get better and better and better before I actually uh, do something. And yeah, now that you ask me that question, I'm like, there is actually no reason. <laughs> Why not? Well, uh, I would say that approaching competitions in a healthy way, uh, it's always beneficial regardless of your level because it's an experience and even experience of preparing and pushing yourself like because we all think we are imperfect regardless of our level but then we are prepared oh it's competition so it kind of gives extra drive to put extra forces and it can give really great uh, push in growth that experience itself and then when you submit your video especially if you are like not connecting yourself uh, um, esteem to the results necessarily, but you're striving for participation and growth, then during competition you can get also very valuable feedback from judges because they are not just audience members there. They are there to watch and evaluate and give some feedback. So uh, regardless of the level, like I don't think you have anything that actually stops you from enrolling in competition. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And, um, you know, that's a great point. And I guess um, I'm definitely going to consider that because I never really asked myself the question, why not now? You know, sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> At some point you need to start. Like you may not win your first competition. You may not win your 10th or 20th competition, but every time it's growth. And uh, at some point 
may get like way better even results in terms like for people who are driven to results and winning competitions but especially if you approach it as a growth and experience sort of abstracting from exactly results or like I need to get first place it can be really awesome and there is definitely nothing that stops you from doing it <laughs> even right <Absolutely>. now <laughs> well I agree on this note I also want to thank you for taking time to chat with me today and I wish you all the best I wish you all your dance dreams and goals uh, and focuses come true and blossom and I definitely uh, can't wait to see the enrollment in your <laughs> whichever competition you will choose and I wish you good luck and um, wish you find lots of experience and growth in that experience just like in your day-to-day -day practice and dedication to taking care of yourself as your you one so of your main much. priorities. <laughs> Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you so much. I'm truly grateful. And I just want to say that uh, your dance club has been uh, such an integral part of my dance journey, uh, my dance practice. And it just keeps me going even on days when I feel like I don't know what to practice. So I guess that's the wonderful part of your club. There's something for everybody, every level and uh, I've never really had the opportunity to thank you in person. So I would take this opportunity, <laughs> even though we are not face to face. But uh, thank you for creating that. Uh, it's such a valuable, uh, it's a goldmine of resource for dancers who are, you know, even beginners or uh, advanced. They, it's, it's a wonderful tool out there. So thank you for creating that. It's so helpful. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for such a really nice feedback. Really makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> you should. I mean, you deserve it for the amazing effort that you put in to create content every week. It's not easy. And you, you know, you keep the community alive. You give us um, individual feedback, even though it's not really part of the club, you surprise us with so much uh, additional feedback. And that just shows that you care for your students and you, you really care for your community. So um, mm -hmm. I really wish you grow far beyond your expectations and you reach way more people out there who are looking to dance. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Iana. Thanks for having me here. And that's it for today, guys. But before you go away, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends. And if you post it on social media, please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast. Thanks for being with us and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place.